Hello, hello, hello! This is Victor Trussell, and you're listening to the very first episode of my new podcast, Who Are You Again? So, here is how this will work. Every episode, I'll be calling someone different from my past. It could be an old friend, it could be someone I hardly know, it could even be someone I slept with. Or dated. Whatever. Never mind. Anyway, we'll catch up, we'll talk shit, we'll discuss anything and everything under the sun. Relationships, pop culture, you name it. Thank you for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please, please, please subscribe. That is the name of the game, my friends. Phone ringing off the hook. Got me a little shook. Who's on the line? And is this a sign? And welcome to Who Are You Again? Where I had phone calls with people who don't know I still listen to Iggy Azalea. Today, I'm talking with a guy that I actually text with pretty often. Um, he played football in high school. He dated my best friend. Um, actually, he dated a couple of my friends. But anyway, he has an excellent ear for pop music. I'm obsessed with his dog on the grand. And he's one of my favorite gays that I haven't seen in probably a decade. <laughs> Chris, what's up? Not so much, Victor. Thanks for having me. You know, just uh, trying to enjoy my weekend in this quarantine life that we're unfortunately all living. But uh, yeah, just really happy to be here. Yeah, thank you for speaking. Um, okay, right off the bat, I have to tell you, um, it feels weird calling you Chris because I literally think of you as Chris Will. I don't know... If- <laughs> If I'm the only person that has to call you by both of your names, do you find that? Yeah, actually, a lot of people end up doing that. A lot of my friends, um, you know, either back in high school or even just that I've made in the last couple of years, say that Chris Will rolls a little bit better off the tongue than just Chris. So do you introduce yourself as Chris or will you actually say Chris Will? Uh, I'll introduce myself as Chris. Um, and then generally once they figure out my last name, I'll just, they'll just start calling me Chris Will after, you know, <laughs> I had so many nicknames in high school because of having three first names. I just kind of learned to introduce myself the way I want to and let people kind of call me whatever they want. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Cause your middle name is Tom. Is Thomas, that right? Yeah. So Chris Tom Will, um, was my nickname in high school. Yeah, people will literally, they'll go really crazy over names. Like, I I think, like, you can introduce yourself as anything. I could go around telling people my name is Elephant, but they'll call me whatever they want just because, I don't know, I think people, they create names for other people. Yeah, absolutely. So, you mentioned being in this quarantine, like we all are. Um, What have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Uh, You cut out for a second. You said, what have I been doing to keep myself busy? Yeah, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy during all of this? Yeah, I uh, honestly, just playing video games and listening to music. Um, I'm fully on the Animal Crossing New Horizons train. (laughs) I've put a concerning amount of hours into that game just because it's it's a really good way to just kind of disconnect and disassociate when you need to. Um, Also been playing uh, 
I don't know if you're familiar with the Persona series, but uh, Persona 5 Royal, which is a really fun RPG. Um, but otherwise, I've just been listening to music, trying to keep in shape in whatever way I can. And, um, you know, just working, trying to trying to get by just like everyone else. What about you? No. Yeah, I totally feel that. Um, more or less the same. So actually, I have not joined the Animal Crossing <laughs> <laughs> train yet. Um, I, I have a really strong interest and I feel like the likelihood of me joining that is probably high. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's weird. I feel like I'm in a funk. Yeah. You know, there's, there's not really a ton to do. So I love the idea of like hooking up and playing my switch, mm-hmm. but I've done very, very, very little, um, video gaming. And I mean, I've had Pokemon shield now for what half a year and I still haven't played through it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a fun one too. When you get the chance. Yeah, I think, you know, Pokemon games are very consuming. And I think that's probably why I thrived off of it when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but now that we're adults and there's so much going on, there's work, um, there's school on my end that it's like, how do I set aside this time to actually play an RPG video game that's literally going to consume at least 20 hours of my time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. You really have to, like, make time for I guess alone time specifically to be able to play video games or listen to music. I mean, adult life kind of does hit you hard for sure. Oh, 100%. And I think music's an entirely different thing because <laughs> you can listen to music, you know, you can be cooking, listening to music, you could be like writing and listening to music. Um, you know, there's so many different ways to do that without completely consuming your time. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I haven't seen you, I think, since, and I don't even know if you recall this, but I think I was in Centerville, and I was at a gas station with um, Liz, and I'm pretty sure I was drunk, and I don't, <laughs> I, I don't remember what the circumstances were, but I, I was drunk at the gas station, and I think you were there filling your tank. Do you recall this You know all? what's really funny? I think I very vaguely do. Um, was it like <laughs> maybe eight or nine years ago? I feel like we were in college. Yeah, um, yeah that is so funny. Because <laughs> it was, was, yeah, it, we were, was it the Colony gas station? Yeah, it was the Colony <laughs> gas station. Yeah. It was that shell station. Oh my God, that is so funny. It is. And yeah, it was such a small moment and I have no idea why I was drunk at the gas station. <laughs> you know, center of a living. Just, you know, have someone drive you around and blast music after drinking a couple beers. I feel like that's what most of late high school, early college was. It really was. What a special time. Truly. <laughs> So what has life looked like for you since Centerville? Because now you're in North Carolina, is that yeah, correct? Yeah, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, yeah, so I guess trying to keep this as compact as possible, but I went to Penn State after Centerville High School and you know did my four years there for undergrad and then ended up actually moving back to Northern Virginia um, to work. Um, I worked for a so- uh, in software sales for a couple years. 
um, which, I mean, it was a fine job to have after college, but wasn't really something I, I really enjoyed. Um, and mm. while I was doing that, I actually got involved with a um, playing rugby. So I played for a international gay rugby league um, called IGR. And so through that, I made a lot of really good friends and connections and actually met um, my boyfriend, who I now live with, in Charlotte um, and ended up after uh, you know dating on and off for about a year, moving down to Charlotte uh, to move in with him and also just kind of get a change of pace from D.C. So, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. So was he on your Scandals team? <laughs> no, so he played for the Charlotte team, the Charlotte Royals. So we met, um, we had actually kind of known of each other because um, he had been playing for, he's been playing for uh, IGR since like, I think like 2010. Um, and I joined around 20, I think it was 2014. Um, so we had kind of known of, e- of each other for about two years before we officially met when uh, the scandals went down to Charlotte to play the Charlotte Royals in their annual prom dress match, which is where they mm-hmm. literally invite a rugby team um, from the league, they sell tickets, and you play the entire rugby match in dresses. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my! God. I I can't even imagine that. I feel like isn't that is that safe? Um. Well, you know, rugby itself isn't entirely a safe game. So you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> um. But it's 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 definitely interesting. Um. Generally, by the end of the the match, the dresses are mostly just tatters, and I mean, everyone wears their rugby gear underneath too. So it's not like that's the only thing you have, but. Um, it's a lot of fun. And then afterwards, when they do the rugby social, everyone changes into like a more like social dress. So I had like a like a, a this big billowy blue looking like Cinderella dress for that match. And then I had this <laughs> like little black dress afterwards with the social. So it's a lot of fun. Um, but we met that weekend and started talking and that. Yeah. So now I actually play on and off for the Charlotte Royals too down in Charlotte. So it's a lot of fun, but it's that is so yeah, cool. It's been a ride. <laughs> I I just remember being on Facebook and I would see um, the scandals post all of those pictures, and I was like, "Damn, they're like slinging mud. They're super dirty, super just like it's pr- literally probably the most hyper masculine thing I've ever witnessed on the <laughs> internet." <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but then you know you got. you have that on the rugby match and then you go to the social and you know, you have people voguing to Britney Spears and stuff. And like, it's a really (laughs) cool, like it's a very unique environment. And I think it offers, it's basically a way for a lot of gay men who either didn't feel comfortable being out while they played sports in high school or were out and never felt comfortable playing sports in high school, a chance to kind mm-hmm. of understand that, that team dynamic. And, and rugby is a very fam- like family kind of brotherhood sport. So it's definitely a cool environment. I love that. Now, um, so here in Philly and in other cities, we have Stonewall. Have you ever heard of yeah, Stonewall? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of Stonewall. Yeah, so like I love it. I just finished doing dodgeball. Oh, fun! Um, I yeah, yeah, it was tons of fun. And like, you know, I love telling people who aren't really into like sports as an adult that I played dodgeball because they're <laughs> like, "What? Why would you do that as an adult?" I'm like, "Oh my god, it's like the fucking best 
I love playing dodgeball as an adult because I feel like it's a completely different experience than playing it when we were kids. It's faster. Everyone is stronger. Everyone's really fucking aggressive. And it's, <laughs> it's just like the best experience. Yeah, it's it's funny because you think that, you know, when you're an adult, you just kind of have your job and have your home life and that should be good enough. But then you're like, no, we st- I still need extracurriculars. Just like, a, you know, when I was a teenager, so you need to go out with a group of people and do something fun and, you know, go out for some drinks afterwards and stuff like that. So, yeah, that, yeah, it's fun. It's a good time. You have to to keep yourself sane. Like, I, I've always had a really strong belief that, you know, I, I can't be the kind of person that wakes up, goes to work, comes home, does nothing and goes to bed mm-hmm. and, and repeats that. I think that's kind of like the most depressing thing to put yourself through. Yeah. No, I think work-life balance is really important. I know a lot of people throw themselves into their careers full time, which is great. But, you know, I, I think for a lot of people where either they're career isn't exactly their like number one passion or just they find that they can also they also have hobbies they want to you know having with their career i think being able to do things like that is really important for mental health and physical health oh i agree um so i really 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 to talk about music with you because um, (laughs) for (laughs) for anyone that's listening um even though chris and i haven't seen each other since i was drunk at the gas station we text pretty often about music and i i think that's one of the best aspects of our friendship to be honest for sure (laughs) it's pretty cool so what so what are you listening to right now yeah so um it's it's weird because I think a lot of artists are delaying album releases right now, which kind of sucks. So mm-hmm. I've been trying to kind of pick up and listen to whatever I find. Um, so in terms of like songs, I, I'd actually, that video I sent you by Nikki, um, that song Switchblade, that's been like probably my song that's been the most on repeat right now. Oh, it's really so cool. good. Oh, it's so good. And the video was just so just like dreamy. And you can tell that she's just working it. Like it's 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 fabulous. Um, I've also been really enjoying the Haley Williams solo songs. I don't know if you've been mm-hmm. following those. I have. Yeah. yeah. Those are really good. And I'm really excited for her album. Um, when she does start touring, I, I definitely want to see her live. Um, and then... Uh, I guess in terms of just one-off songs, there's been a song by an artist called Loon, L-U-N-E, who I know nothing about, but there's a song called Wi-Fi, which is really, really kind of like weird and very synthy and fun. Um, kind of has a little bit of like a, a queer element to it, which I really like as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but in regards of albums, I've been listening to Conan Gray. Do you know who that is? Yeah, so I've listened to a couple of his songs. I can't recall the name of them, but yeah. I, I liked it. I digged it. Yeah, he's super fun. I, I kind of was talking, I was talking to my boyfriend about him, and we kind of agreed he sounds like, I don't know if you remember the Ready Set. Um, I do, I do. But he sounds almost like a new age, the Ready Set, a little bit, to me, personally. Um, and it's cool, because he kind of showed through this album and through his most recent video for his song, uh, wish you were sober that he's uh i believe he's either bi or pan 
Um, mm-hmm. So that's super cool. I really like supporting queer pop artists because I think that's important. And it's really cool to hear, you know, it, artists talk about stories that I can relate mm-hmm. to. You know what I mean? I'm sure you, you feel that too. Um, you know what's interesting about what you just said? I feel like there are a lot of gays that don't like Troy Sivan. Have really? you found that? Yeah, so I, I think, I do think he, in, for some reason, is an acquired taste for a lot of gay men. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think you have some gay men who, at least from my experience, are very um, dedicated to the divas, um, which unfortunately for, for them means strictly female artists, female pop artists. Oh, and, completely. And they don't really give these, um, you know, gay men who are trying and, and really successfully actually these days paving their own way in pop a chance, which is a shame because Troy Sivan is so talented. Like, I love all of his music. He's great. And I honestly, I feel like with each album, he just gets better and better and better. Yeah. But uh, I 100% agree. For some reason, I feel like a lot of gay men pretty much only worship female pop artists. You know, if it's not Ariana, it's Beyonce or it's Katy Perry. um, And those are all great. And I love all of their music, but you know, we have Troy Sivan, we have, what is, what's his name? M-N-E-K mm-hmm. and um, Adam Lambert. I mean, there's Sam Smith, like he's been killing it. Have you, uh, have you heard of Vincent? I have, I oh have. Gosh, I've never heard, so but I've heard. Good. He is so good. And he's also a, a great example of a, a, you know, a gay man really just paving his own way in pop. And he takes a lot of inspiration from Whitney Houston, which you can hear in his songs, which is so cool. Um, oh my God, I would love that. Yeah, you should definitely check him out. I'll send you some links after this. <laughs> but, Please do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I agree with you. I think, I mean, you know, I, lo- I love the girls. You know, I- I'm always trying to give the girls the time of day. Um, I can talk about a pop diva until, you know, from, from morning to night. But I also really think it's important to shine a spotlight on the the gay men and and gay women too that are out there just making these really cool pop sounds that unfortunately not a lot of people are paying attention to. Yeah, that's super true. Well, you know, hopefully everyone's at home right now. (laughs) So hopefully everyone has the opportunity to kind of like explore different music and really find something that um, goes against the grain from what they normally listen to. Absolutely. Um, so you know that we have to talk about um, Dua Lipa and yes. Selena Gomez. Oh my God, yes. Yes, yes, yes. They- I cannot even put into words like what Dua Lipa is doing, not only to the music industry, but what she's doing to me and doing to my body. <laughs> and it's it's just everything. Yes, bringing disco back. Like It's a shame that we can't actually dance to it in the clubs right now, but... I'm telling you, as soon as, you know, everything is safe, I am going to be, like, jamming out to all of those songs everywhere I can. It's oh, just, for fucking real. That yeah. album is so good. I just, like, it's so good to just listen to start to finish, which is so rare these days. Mm-hmm. Um, especially from, like, an upbeat pop album. 
And uh, she's and, and also like, have you been following how she's been doing all these like quarantine performances and stuff? Like she's really been innovating in such a really cool way too. So yeah, I saw her um, break my heart video that I think she did with Jimmy Fallon, right? Yeah, and she like it was cool. She incorporated like all of these visual effects in the background of the <laughs> performance. Um. Yeah, I I love her. And I agree. I think it's super rare that you find an album from start to finish that's great. Um, right offhand, the only one that I can really think of that I really honestly can do that with is I loved um, Love Angel Music Baby by Gwen Stefani. Okay, yes, yes. That's a classic. Like quintessential pop album from the 2000s. Yes. Um, but what do you think of um, that last track on Dua Lipa's album, um, Boys Will Be Boys? Yeah. So it's it's kind of... It, I've been reading a lot of reviews on the album and a lot of people have been comparing it to like old school Lily Allen or like Marina and the Diamonds, which I think is really cool. Because it really, oh, yeah. it really does have that like upbeat sound with like a much more serious like social message. Um, you know, I think it's, it's the, the lyrics are definitely dark and I think she makes a really good statement against misogyny and, you know, in support of women. Um, and I think she does it really well. I think that's very, I think that's very hard to do. You know what I mean? And I also think it's interesting too, because if you notice, um, the album starts and ends with female empowerment songs because Future Nostalgia is also very female empowerment. So I think that was definitely um, deliberate. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think it's hard to end an album. Like every album typically will have a slower, usually more meaningful ending yeah. to it. Um, and I don't know with this one, it did initially catch me off guard because, you know, every song on the album was like bop after bop, like dance, dance. And, um, <laughs> what was it? Um, good pipe in the midnight. Oh, yeah, on... yeah. I was like, wow, she's really saying it. She's putting it out there. Good she, for her. She's putting it out there. Good for her. <laughs> uh, you better get that good pipe in the midnight. Yes, girl. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I was a little thrown off at first, but the more that I listened to that song, I'm like, okay, you know, this is pretty good. I can vibe with this. And it, it like you said, it has a ton of meaning and it's super relevant in 2020. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think it's important for everyone to listen to. Um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to being at her show and, and seeing her sing that and watching the faces of the men around and seeing who gets uncomfortable and who doesn't. <laughs> 100%. Um, so what do you think about Selena Gomez and the rare deluxe edition that just came out this week? Yeah, so I love the new songs. I love the album, just the original album, Rare, in general. Um, I think Vulnerable is going to be one of my most listened to songs of the year already. I'm obsessed I was, with that song. It is so good. It is so good. And it has, one, it has one of my favorite songwriters on it too, which is John Bellion, um, which is super dope. He's, he's a really, really talented pop artist, producer, and songwriter. But yeah, no, the original album was already amazing. And then these three new songs are just take it to the next level, especially Boyfriend with that like 
Kanye beat. Yeah. She basically, you know, she it sounds like the, she took the beat from Kanye's fade and like slowed it down, which is super dope. And I, I really appreciate it when she gets kind of weird and quirky, which I think that song exemplifies really well. It's so good. And like the, mu- yeah. the music video is even better. And um, yes. I don't know, like I, I loved Rare, like the album, but there were a few on there that I thought were throwaways. I was like, okay, I can do without this song. I can do without this song. Um, yeah. But I-, I think some of these songs that were on the rehashed album should have made it all the way on the first album, I think. Oh, completely, yeah. I mean, the only one that I haven't completely like fallen in love with yet is she, but Souvenir is also really good. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be about her relationship with The Weeknd, which I find is interesting. Um, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree. These are really strong songs. And I, she probably specifically took some of the stronger songs to save for a re- you know, release anyway, which I know some artists do, and I think that's smart. But I think now that they're out, and now that Rare is like a deluxe album, it feels much more fully formed. I agree with you there. Yeah, and I I, I think um, Carly Rae Jepsen, I think, did a very similar thing when she released Side B to Emotion. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, was so it was so good. There were songs on... Yeah, there's songs on side B that I like more than some of the songs on Emotion. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I think it was better in many regards than Emotion. I agree. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, but so it's cool. I mean, you know, I think we were all expecting a lot more comebacks, which obviously COVID-19 has delayed. But I mean, we've already gotten some pretty incredible, um, very like, very pure pop music with Selena and Duo, which I think is still pretty awesome for sure. Yeah, if we're able to leave our houses in the summer, I think we're going to have like the best like dance music to really just oh, vibe yeah. to. Oh yeah, the gay clubs and the gay bars are going to be like so fun. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of being gay, um, <laughs> 2020 gay teen is over and, you know, we're in the 2020s now. Um, Yeah. But Chris, I've been following your fitness journey online and I think it's awesome because I've also been on one of my own, but I don't know. I honestly feel so stressed about not being able to go to the gym. What has your fitness journey looked like during the pandemic? So it's been interesting. I, uh, I mean, in regards to cardio, I don't run as much as I used to. So I'm still just walking my dog for a couple miles a day. So that hasn't really changed too much. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, probably walking the dog more just because I need to get out of the house. But uh, in regards to weight training, you know, when I started quarantining, I had just like maybe gotten into back into weightlifting a couple weeks ago. So like maybe two or three days after I, I, you know, started quarantining myself or kind of sheltered myself in, I guess you could say, I went to Walmart and all of the weightlifting equipment, all the dumbbells were gone <laughs> except for mm-hmm. a 30-pound kettlebell and two 25-pound, like, weights, like, just ones you'd put on, like, a weight bar. So wow. I've been just trying to do everything I can with those. Like, I basically have a 
it's I mean it's not as effective obviously as as having dumbbells, but pretty much a full body weightlifting workout just with a kettlebell. But even then, it's like it's not the same, and it's tough too. I mean, you know, when you're trying to get in better shape and you're weightlifting ten feet away from where the Nutella and graham crackers are. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit tough, but you know, it's you kind of do what you got to do for sure. No, I I feel that. Um, yeah, I I've done some working out at home, but it, it is really really tough, you know. And I think when you go to the gym, you have this entire moment where you mentally prepare yourself. Like, okay, I'm going to the gym, and so you mentally switch gears. Yeah. Um, but working out at home, it's like, all right, I'm in my bedroom. So I guess I'll transition to my living room and for some reason work out on my carpet for like the next hour. It's just not the same. I don't think. No, it's not. And uh, you know, you really don't get a chance to exercise the way that you want to. You kind of have to do some heavy compromising. So it is tough and it's frustrating too, because you know that these people that have been working out for years or, or total gym heads went immediately went to, you know, Dick's Sporting Goods and Walmart and spent hundreds of dollars on all the equipment they could. And that's like, okay, we'll leave some for the rest of us, you know? Yeah. I mean, if people are stealing like toilet paper, I'm like, okay, like leave the rest for some of us. Like there's no need for this mass exodus to the store to literally take everything, everything. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's crazy. I saw, actually, it's funny. I was um, on Instagram and I saw Haley Williams posted something and was like, you know, throwback to when going to the grocery store was a fun little trip and not a complete anxiety attack. And it's like, <laughs> God, that's so true. Because it's like, you never really know what you're about to walk into. You don't. And yeah, I literally have to contemplate sometimes. So like, hmm, I can either stay home and I can like nibble on the crumbs that I have left <laughs> in my kitchen yeah. or I can go risk my life at the gro- literally risk my life at the grocery store. And it's, it's bizarre that we even have to consider these sort of things in today's age. Yeah. It's a, it's a wild time. Hopefully but, for much longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully not. Um, but I, I do feel like there's a lot of pressure in general to have like, you know, a summer body. Yeah. Like last summer, it was hot girl summer. And so, you know, <laughs> um, what do you think about the pressure to maintain fitness or have like a hot body? I think especially in the gay community, there's a really strong emphasis on looking your best and you know i don't really know if looking your best is the right way to put it i think it's different for each person but i think there's stigma out there for what it means to look good as a gay man yeah i think so too it's it's tough because there is a lot of you know pigeonholing and and some prejudice in the gay community based around you know the type of person you are or your height or your skin color or, you know, it's, it's kind of intense, but um, it, it's tough. I mean, you know, I've had my moments where I have been really in shape and built up a lot of muscle and, you know, been able to fit in size 34 pants. And then 
it's, you know, you get to that point and you realize that it doesn't really solve any problems. I mean, you may feel better, but I know through my fitness journey, I mean, I've lost a lot of weight and built a lot of muscle and it's never really been sustainable for me. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to do right now is figure out how to make that sustainable. And it's hard too, you know, when you go... I mean, anytime you open Instagram, especially, or when you go to, to you know, a gay bar and you see all the, the, the really muscular, the really skinny guys and, you know, you see, you know, the attention that they're getting and everybody kind of likes to have the attention. So you kind of wish you could have that too. I mean, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting too, because even, I, I mean, I try to stay pretty, I, I'm pretty entrenched in the bear community just because there there's not i mean there is still unfortunately a obsession with being having as much lean muscle as possible but they appreciate the the guts a little bit more which i do too but mm-hmm. even then it's like you know there's this perceived image of hotness that everyone tries to achieve and it it tends to cause a lot more problems than fix for sure And I don't think it helps that, and you kind of posted about this as well on Instagram, but it doesn't help that for some reason, we're just being spoon-fed these images of typically white, really lean, but heavy-abbed guys who are gorgeous. And um, honestly, it drives me insane. Whenever I go on my Instagram, not even on my normal feed, but you know, your Discover feed, it's always some white guy that's super fit out like running or yeah. walking his dog or like walking on the beach. And I don't, I don't know where it comes from because I don't think that I'm really liking that kind of content. So I don't know why Instagram keeps feeding it to me. Yeah, I wonder, I, I mean, if it's like most like content with gay hashtags or something, so they just plaster it all over. I have no idea, but it is really frustrating. And especially as somebody who doesn't like those types of gay men, I mean, find them attractive. It's, it's like, I don't need to see this, especially when, I mean, I went off on Instagram, my Instagram story, which I don't normally do, but some, some of these, these, you know, the hairless six pack, you know, white gays were sponsoring, paying to sponsor their posts on Instagram. So they would show up on my timeline. And it's like, okay, like, you know what, if you want to, if you worked hard on your body and you want to flaunt it, like, that's fine. Like have people come to your Instagram, have people come to, you know, your Twitter or whatever, but I don't need to see that on my timeline. And if you think I do need to see that, then that's it's indicative of a larger problem. Um, Wait, so guys will actually pay to have that content like advertised? I think this has been like a quarantine thing because a lot of these men are so used to getting showered with attention in like public settings and they're not getting it anymore. But there was like over the past week, every so often, like maybe three or four times, I've come on those sponsored posts. uh, I've come upon those sponsored posts on my Instagram, but instead of it being like music or video games, it's some dude who's generally white, generally hairless, generally have a six-pack shirtless, like with some fake deep quote with a thirst trap photo. <laughs> so, I, I love the emphasis on fake deep quotes. Yeah, so the girls are really out there paying Instagram God knows how much money 
so that their posts will show up on people's timelines that don't follow them and which will get them more attention and followers. And I'm like, this is so invasive. Like, first of all, like, if you're going to show up on my timeline, I'm not going to give you attention unless you have body hair and a gut, generally. <laughs> That's just my life. <laughs> so it's not, first of all, this is not targeted to me personally. Um, and second of all, it's like, you know, this standard of beauty, I think, is really toxic because, you know, I, I know that there are people out there who have that body type who are healthy, but I think I've seen mm-hmm. at least and I'm sure you can probably attest this too, is you see people do a lot of unhealthy things to get those types of bodies. Things that... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's really problematic. So it's frustrating. And it does make it hard for people who maybe don't look like that, you know, in, in any capacity and are trying to go on their fitness journey because it's, it's almost defeating. It's like, well, if I can't get to that body, then what's the point? Which is, you know, that's not how it should be. Y'all, I think the gays are going to have a really interesting summer because I think everyone's going to end up having the same body. Exactly. You know what I mean? (laughs) Someone referred to the quarantine 15 the other day and I was like, oh my God. I was like, that's the worst. It is so true. It's so true though. Yeah. (laughs) So do you think that things are getting better when it comes to body image for gay men? Or do you think it's kind of at the same pace? Or do you think it's actually getting worse? You know, I think in some ways it's getting better. I think in, I think in mainstream culture, I think big, big bodies are a lot more celebrated. I mean, you have mm-hmm. artists like, I mean, Sam Smith has started gaining back a lot of the weight that he lost. Um, you know, because he got really, really skinny because he said the fat phobia comments were really hurtful to him. And he's kind of mm-hmm. loving his body, which I was always a big fan of because when Sam Smith first came out, I was like, yes, give me like a gay bear singer that's in mainstream media. So it's kind of not personally mm-hmm. from like a selfish perspective. It's nice to see him kind of being more comfortable with his size. And of course, you have Lizzo, who's very much about body, body positivity. Um, and you have a lot of like pop stars like Demi Lovato, who is, you know, preaching, you know, being more healthy and even those big stars like Taylor Swift is talking about how she's gained a bunch of weight back again. And it's healthy weight. So I think in some ways it's good. But I think the problem is, is you're always going to have these. And I think with the rise of social media, it has made it worse in some ways because these men can post pictures of themselves heavily muscular with no body fat and they'll just get nothing but praise and so it's kind of a double-edged sword there i think do you follow tyler oakley i don't (laughs) he 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 um i actually really enjoy his podcast and occasionally I'll watch one of his YouTube videos, but like I, I was never really in the habit of watching his content when we were in like high school and college. Yeah. Um, but he is super fit now. And I, I, I can't even remember what he looked like before, but the dude is ripped. And um, whenever I do happen to watch one of his videos, the only thing that you see in the comments are people being like, oh, my God, you're so hot. Oh, my God, your body, your body, your body, your body, your body. And um, I'm sure that's pretty cool to get. But, you know, I I think it's one of those things where the grass is greener on the other side. You know, if you have that hot body, quote unquote, that people admire at large, you know, it, it must be a good feeling, but at the same time, like, 
do people really value you for who you actually are? Or do they just value your chest? Yeah. And I think that's tough. I, you know, and I, I do feel for the people who their fitness journey is their own personal journey and they set goals for themselves and achieve them. So there are, you know, there are people out there who are ripped that aren't doing it as much for the public attention, but I think a lot of people do that for the public attention, which is, which is unfortunate um, in some ways for sure. But uh, it's funny you mentioned Tyler Oakley because one of the things that got me annoyed is a lot of his fans were calling him thick. And I'm like, no, he's not thick. What? Nothing about him is thick. Like, He's tiny. Yeah, he's like know. a tiny, thin dude. I know. And so that's also been frustrating is you have a lot of these curvier men and women, especially curvier gay men, for sure, that have been like kind of calling themselves like thick and like curvaceous and stuff. It's like, hey, like, let me kind of own my own narrative as a, as a larger person and, mm-hmm. you know, make myself feel good and kind of like boost my own, you know, confidence by, by loving my body. But then people have taken those, those terms that bigger people have used and now they're applying them to just skinny rip people again. It's just like, okay, this is that. No, like, you know, so-and-so in a way, in a way it's appropriation. Yeah. You know, you have like, it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, like, having 0% body fat doesn't make you thick. (laughs) (laughs) So. All right. So one last thing I have to ask, because it's something that I ask everyone that I interview you, but if you could call anyone from your past, who would you call and why? Okay. So I honestly think I would call up Liz Levin. Um, which is funny because I follow her on Instagram. I've been following her for a couple of years. I, I don't really like, we don't really, I haven't talked to her in a while, obviously, but she seems like she's really thriving um, and doing well. And I feel like she and I could be like friends at this point for yeah. sure. Um, also, I know that she, I think she most recently got, um, was it her doctorate in psychology or something like that, which is really dope. And yep. I've, mm-hmm. I've been looking into getting my grad graduate in psychology. So it'd be fun to talk to her about that too. But yeah, I mean, that would probably be who I would call up. That's cool. Yeah. So for anyone that's listening, um, we're referring to our friend Liz, who we went to high school with, um, she now lives in Florida. And like you were saying, she got her doctorate. So now she's Dr. Liz. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is really cool. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's awesome. You guys totally should reconnect. And then, you know, maybe we can all get drunk at the gas station. Yeah. In Centerville. <laughs> or just maybe like a bar, you know, we can upgrade that a little bit. But, you know, we'll <laughs> talk about that later for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like once we're able to actually go to a bar. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Um, but anyway, I, I loved talking to you. I'm so, 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 so thankful that you agreed to do the show. And um, yeah, I, I love following everything that you do on Instagram. I love your dog. Um, I know I keep mentioning your dog, but I'm such a fan of dogs. Um, and I really value your perspective and... Um, I just think you're so authentic and um, 
I think you've had some challenges, you know, with like sexuality and body positivity, but I feel like, you know, we're all there and I really acknowledge and respect that you kind of put that out there every now and then. I think it's really cool. Well, thank you, Victor. That means a lot to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for the friendship that we've created over the past couple of years. It's, it's pretty special and it's fun to kind of see how after high school you start creating connections and friendships with people that maybe you weren't as close to. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me on this, this podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, so we'll say goodbye, but is there anything, I don't know, like a mantra or any last comments that you want to give to people, words of advice through the pandemic, or it could be anything? Yeah, sure. I mean, I hope everyone stays safe out there, and I hope everyone is is being very gentle and forgiving with themselves. I mean, I think we're all going through a very traumatic experience right now, and, you know, it's. I think people are are trying to cope in whatever way they can. So, you know, I think the best thing that we can all do now is look after ourselves and, and be the best kind of support system that we can have, if that makes sense. So. 100%. All right, Chris. Well, I will talk to you later and enjoy the rest of your weekend. (laughs) Thanks, Victor. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Phone ringing off the hook. Got me a little shook Who's on the